0: Everybody and welcome to another episode of Ghoul Girls. I'm your host Britt, and it looks like for today's episode, I'm actually writing a little solo. It seems to, it seems like all of my co-hosts and Jess actually got caught up in the zombie apocalypse that's happening right now at this very second. <laughs> They're over here fighting off demons, getting their brains eaten out. You know how it is. <laughs> well. This episode is actually going to be episode 19 and I'm actually calling it Did I Scare You in honor of this spooky tradition that I have recently been making up myself by going to an obscene amount of haunted mazes and haunted house attractions this year. I went to a couple last year and then I'm trying to go to a couple this year. Um, If you guys don't know me, I love spooky, scary, scare jumps horror monsters. I want things to make me literally shit my pants. But that's just me. I don't know about you guys, but I am a definite lover of haunted house attractions, which is actually what this episode is all about. It's going to be a little mini episode, so hopefully you guys enjoy it. And without further ado, let me give you a brief history of the history of haunted houses. (laughs) which includes your basic corn mazes, hell houses, which we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in here that even I didn't know. So if you hear the clicking, it's my random notes that I decided to try and type out for the time being because at one point I was not able to understand my writing. (laughs) Anyways, so currently in the United States, there are over 1,200 performers professional haunted houses and over 300 theme parks that operate a horror themed event with over 3,000 charity runs for like spooky shows, spooky, any kind of spooky theater. Um, but you know what? This giant phenomenon actually has a really large history that dates back to some of our earliest, earliest, earliest ancient ancestors, which I think is actually pretty cool. Um, I kind of found out that it's actually started with the ancient Egyptians which I mean what they actually did which is kind of like something that we do now is they are the ones who actually developed a maze inside their pyramids with that they had moving walls you know self-opening doors traps they would use snakes and insects to like you know to guard the dead royalty and everything like that um what I thought was interesting is that they used those to ward off any kind of grave robbers. So, in a way, it was a way to scare off those from, like, you know, trying to fucking steal their precious jewels and everything like that. Which I thought was pretty interesting, you know? Like, scare the living bejeebers out of these guys. And shouldn't They shouldn't be able to come and steal your bodies. But, obviously, that didn't work out well because we're always trying to get inside those pyramids. <laughs> I'm not a pyramid expert, but if I was... I would probably fall into one of those traps i'm very gullible i'll be like oh look snakes i don't even see them bada bing bada bang <laughs> anyways um followed by the ancient egyptians we have the greeks and the romans who kind of seeded the path for haunted attractions um in their folklore um it was rich with mazes labyrinths, um filled with all kind of monsters so they used to do theaters um as part of their culture and they would literally do like special effects and um that was maybe the their introduction to theater was kind of like um like they would use different elements of what we have today. Um they had like fog, trapdoors, they would use, you know, scary, you know, pictures. They had gore, they had fake blood, you know, it's really interesting that the ancient Greeks created multiple, like, large scales, like, special effects and everything, and, like, contraptions. Um, They did, like, uh, they were making actors fly. Um, They had a platform that was, like, used to reveal, like, dead bodies so the audience could see them. Like, they had a lot of really interesting um, things, and that was all provided by their folklore of, like, Greek mythology, um, you know, the Roman mythology and stuff like that. Um, They would use that is kind of a way to shock the audience um which is kind of how we kind of started with our mazes that we have today um because if you think about it we literally go to these mazes the haunted attractions to scare the living shit out of us like i said in the beginning um which personally i love it i hope everyone else loves it as much as i do Um, the next people that kind of took it to another level was um, during the Dark Ages so we saw like the Christians coming forth with this like evolution of the haunted houses Um, during this time which was roughly around like the 1300s through the 1500s um, Europe had actually uh, recently been um, converted from like Celtic and pagan religion to like the practice of Christianity and um, a lot of uh, like pagan wagons toured the lands performing these like crazy ass plays most of them were like biblical stories that were acted out which often included like the scarier aspects of those biblical stories um so you were pretty much intended to uh really scare the poor towns folks into staying and like you know staying and being like these pure people by telling them all these horrible like scary ass biblical tales um you know the people enjoyed them they enjoyed the scares they enjoyed the gore. Um, So like that was just another way that they would use horror for entertainment. Um, Additionally, this also this era began like an evolution of Halloween as we know it today. Um, Excuse me guys. (laughs) Um, Through like the holidays, um, it was actually born out of, once again, Celtic and pagan religions. I'm sure anyone who's familiar with Halloween knows that um, us Europeans just uh, started, you know, dealing everyone's traditions and just making them our own so you had um once they had converted to christianity it brought about like the whole traditions that we have now for halloween which is pumpkin carving bobbing for apples you know dressing up in costumes you know trick-or-treating and um these were all pagan practices that kind of carried over into like the christianity um aspect of halloween i mean there's not really a christian aspect of halloween but like we've incorporated like that into it um which is pretty like redundant since they're so against all these pagan rituals and they just kind of stole them themselves. <laughs> um next up was like the renaissance which personally i love the renaissance i think the renaissance is great i love it i love everything about it and um This is where, like, society's real love of horror and, like, the really big development of all these, like, special effects and stuff like that, like, continue to grow inside the theater, which became super popular. We had ghosts, demons, the devils, monsters um, constantly inside these different types of plays, um, especially those of, like, William Shakespeare and, like, all those really, like, predominant playwriters. They would create, like, gore, stabbing scenes and... Um, they would use like parts of the pig's bladder during mid- mid-sections. And like, it was just, oh, it was just like a lot of fake blood used from real animal blood. And it would make it look like the actor was actually bleeding, you know. Um And then like, then coming in towards like the 18th century, that's when spiritualism started really happening. You know, this is when spiritual, spiritualism was like at its peakest, in my opinion. Um, So you had people being really enthralled with ghosts and speaking to the other side. And, you know, they would do all these like uh, mediums, fortune tellers, conjuring sessions to kind of communicate with the dead. And they, these people would put on a performance. So it was their way of enthralling their audience and really speaking to them and preying on the insecurities of like talking to a loved one that had passed away and just ignore my dog in the background she just she just wants to be part of the show you know (laughs) anyways um so back to the 1800s um pretty much we had all these uh clairvoyants who were literally becoming and reaching celebrity status status and they were being paid like a large sum of money to really provide these services for the grieving um and then we have, like, the magician, Harry Houdini, who, like, was one of the top people who set up to, like, disprove and, like, kind of debunk a lot of these, like, spiritualists and stuff. Which I thought was, like, also, like, something that I like to read about. Maybe we'll do a little episode about magic. Um, that's also when, like, haunted haunted theme paths into the theater continued. So we had, like, um, a lot of cool... Uh, apparition kind of on stage this um there was like a lot of you know really more paranormal stuff inside the theater um it's also in the 1800s we actually saw the first ever wax museum um, which I thought was pretty cool you had the obsession with um Mary Shelley's Frankenstein which was another like introduction to horror and some people have actually you know given her the title for like the original master of horror the first public for that publication for that um book was actually in 1818 and the book sees a Frankenstein's monster brought to life um it was actually a um like a a movie that they did sorry i'm like trying to hoard my bad animals into being good for me recording this episode but apparently they want to be part of it (laughs) Anyway, so um the 1800s yes Let's go into the early 1900s, which is also a good time for the, the spooky, spooky traveling carnivals. Um, if you guys don't know that, you had a lot of people getting together and they you had a lot of uh, freak shows and a lot of um, people coming over to go to these attractions. And they're looking at humans with uh, deformities and... Um, other like oddities, you know, most of them are fake, you know, the mermaid, uh, and the giant killer crocodiles. And those are just some of the very few that they had, um, pretty much, uh, people would sit on a boat or a train, um, and it would move them through numerous scenes. Uh, the best known variation of this was probably the tunnel of love, which was another like attraction that they would have at these amusement parks. And these uh, traveling carnivals, um, family fun centers sprang up like all over the nation. Uh, many people could not afford the giant uh, roller coasters, so they offered them like the cheap little um, fun houses and haunted houses to like pull in people to really come. And um, these were also often they would f- pack these uh, little tiny um, haunted houses, supposedly. With a lot of mirrors, they were very dark mazes. Um, they would actually use buzzers to scare the patrons, uh, to give them a little shock scare. So that was actually a really interesting thing. Um, around this time, many of like the houses were being built in the early 1800s were becoming worn down and really, you know, depleted and stuff to prevent children from exploring like all these dangerous, decrepit buildings. Um, You know, you had a lot of people telling him, oh, this is where ghosts live. Ghosts lived in those uh, neglected homes. And it was kind of fueling this really big, giant, you know, mindfuck that all these old houses were slowly being haunted. Which, you know, my mom would pass by houses, you know, while we're driving down the street. And she would just be like, oh, I heard John the handyman fell off a ladder and now he haunts the resident of that old house on the corner you know stuff like that um which I always loved I loved ghost stories since I was a young little girl my whole family loves ghost stories it's pretty much what we do (laughs) in our free time is tell ghost stories to people um anyways uh the first ever recorded haunted attraction um was the Orton and Spooner Ghost House um which opened up in approximately 1915 in the United Kingdom as part of an Eldoran Fair. At this time, the Grand, forgive me if I'm pronouncing this totally wrong, the Grand Gouy, Goudial in France um, was scaring audiences with um, nightly with uh, its graphically staged horror and stuff like that. You know, fake blood and, uh, you know, like just gross, gross, gross stuff. Um, which that was actually the first one ever recorded. Um, then in the 1960s rolled on in, and then this here, we have one of the most famous haunted, you know, houses, um, which was in 1969. We saw the opening of Disneyland's haunted mansion um, with a, you know, spectral sea captain. You had the ghostly wedding party. You know, you had portraits that transform into ghosts. You have the headless horseman. Um, You know, Walt Disney originally did not like the idea of putting an old, decrepit-looking structure in the middle of his park, so he took inspiration from um, San Jose's Winchester Mystery House, which I didn't know that, Um, and he lavished this, like, mansion with all this, like, pristine, beautiful exterior. Um, If you guys have ever been to Disneyland, if you've seen the Haunted Mansion, it looks so spectacular. It looks beautiful. Originally, customers were actually supposed to walk through the Haunted Mansion, but the park officials had problems maintaining their pace and keeping the life moving steadily, so it became a dark ride in which the patrons would sit on this little train. Um, fun fact: those are actually known as doom buggies um, that carried them throughout the mansion. Um, another fun fact was uh, the haunted man. The haunted house was uh, part of Disney's plan for the park long before Disneyland was even built in 1955. Um, in the original pre-construction, um, artists rendering it would actually have a rundown mansion and a graveyard that can be seen overlooking Main Street. I didn't know that. I thought that was actually pretty interesting when I read it. (laughs) So that's something you guys can tell your friends. The Haunted Mansion was always going to be a part of Disneyland's history. So, (laughs) anyways, um, now we move into the 1970s. So getting a little funky here, guys. Um, many, like, uh haunted house owners and even older generations remember having their first spooky attraction experience um courtesy of the jc's chair charity um if you guys haven't looked up it's a really interesting story about that but i'm not gonna get into it maybe a little one maybe i will give you a little a little uh i'll give you a little sneak peek you guys can do more research on it but um uh, short for the Halloween the, uh, the United States Junior Chambers the JCs encouraged young members to put up haunted houses and abandoned buildings or in fields as a way to raise money the organization became well known for these haunts back in 1975 uh, two men from Bloomington, Illinois um, Jim God and Tom Hillegoss, uh decided to write a book about it um, about how to create one pretty much detailing special effects, giving people a little strategy and marketing techniques Um, With over 200,000 or 20,000 copies um, were printed and sold. um, They became the first ever like real haunted house expert. Um, Their story is actually a little interesting if you guys want to read up on it too. Um, They would go from like the to form like the haunted house. It was called the haunted house company. One of the first outlet outfits to sell like um, sound effects or special effects, masks, lighting, costumes, um, marketing material, and it was all in one place they actually also created the first ever Santa's Villa attraction for Christmas. So that's actually really interesting. So we have all these haunted houses like pretty much popping up all over America because of those two men, which tip your hats to you boys. Um, Next we go into the 1980s, which is what kind of fueled the more darker aspect in my opinion, because this is when horror movies became the most popular. I mean, we had the best horror movies coming out in the 80s in my opinion i love them um but so did the haunted houses and the most like amusement parks boosted the scary attractions in some sort of way in 1984 the haunted castle at six flags great adventure in new jersey it actually caught fire and ended up killing eight of its patrons um this also set off like alarm bells across the industry about the importance of having like safety and like what kind of materials to put in there, you know, emergency awareness. That was one of the really biggest tragedies. And like, um, I actually used to work at a theme park. Um, I used to work at uh, six flags. I won't give you any details. I won't even tell you which one, but I live in California. So there you go. Um, But yeah, like we always had a lot of safety training and like, congratulations to, those guys because they work so hard i mean to see all those staff and it was pretty hot out in uh, valencia so you had like all these people sweating in these giant costumes and um but they were all about safety that's one thing that like working for a theme park i really drilled into everyone's brains is safety 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 you know we had fire drills and everything which is great on them um also (laughs) um the haunts were uh, pretty much reshaped and they were um they preserved like the artificial scares, but they had to maintain a high level of safety, ensuring that like no tragedy like that would ever happen again because, you know, those eight people lost their lives. Um, and now we move on to the 1990s to today, where pretty much haunted attractions are everywhere. And you know what? It's not just limited to houses anymore. We've moved on. Ooh, we've moved to haunted hayrides, mazes, capture hunts, and pretty much most of them are through like a bunch of different attractions for many people this was like their first taste of horror so you have like all these popular halloween enthusiasts um (laughs) go and some people even do their own haunted houses at home which like wow my mom actually did that so you know kudos to her for having her own little special uh piece of haunted history um in our little brains um but yeah so that's just like kind of a brief it took 20 minutes but it was like a brief little introduction to haunted houses um now i kind of want to give you guys a little dip into different types of haunted houses um so there's a bunch of them i'll kind of touch down briefly on you know each like different type of haunted kind of stuff we got. Um, So the first kind we have is like the haunted experience. So you have like, uh, you know, like haunted scavenger hunts. Um, Like an example of that is actually, um, there's this one in New York where uh, people would buy tickets. Um, They would go to a location that was not like a physical haunted house, but they kind of, but a pickup spot where they got into a van blindfolded and were driven to a real location. Um, Also, these are like kind of like if you guys have ever heard of blackout, which is like more extreme that you have to actually sign a a waiver of liability for it, um, where they can physically touch you and do some various scary stuff like waterboarding and sometimes they make you eat your own vomit. (laughs) So I'm not down for that one. Um, You also have like haunted forests. you have haunted hay rides. We have that in Los Angeles. Um, which I've been dying to go to, but it's just so expensive. I'm like, oh, Jesus. Those usually last from 10 to 45 minutes. So it's a big gap. Um, During the daytime, some haunted hayrides have uh, live shows, um, face painting, you know, fun characters. Other times they can scare the shit out of you. And it's a lot of uh, scary, scary stuff there. You also have uh, haunted ships. Um, There are some popular haunted ships that do little... uh, Um, mazes as well like um, Queen Mary's Dark Harbor which is in Long Beach Um, you also have the Ghost Ship Harbor in Quincy, Massachusetts Massachusetts I can't even pronounce that, that's a horror story all of its own right guys (laughs) Um, next up we have a haunted theme park or scream park as some people call them which includes Not Scary Farm, Universal Studios Horror Nights, um, Six Flags Fright Fest for those in California which I am um those are like pretty much during the Halloween season. You have it transitioned from being a normal theme park to a screen park where there's haunted maces. You have scare zones that are outdoors. You have a lot of monsters in costumes. You know, it's um, not unusual to con- come. Like you could also come in contact with a lot of actors that slide on the floor wearing these special like knee pads. And it's, it's a lot of. A lot of jump scares. I I fucking love it. That's my favorite thing to do. Um, Then we have uh, dark mazes or chain mazes. Uh, Dark maze is pretty much a maze that's pitch black. And then you go through these twists and turns. And there's a lot of air cannons, loud sounds, sprays of water, moving walls, props, hanging lights. And oh, it's... It's pretty scary. Um, there's also a chain maze, which is a similar to a maze, a dark maze, but it uses metal bars and chain link fencing for its walls. Um, they're usually more utilized, more of strobe lights and heavy fogs to blind and disorient customers um, while they actually try and find the exit. So that one's actually more a little bit scarier. Um, we also have. My personal favorite, which is a hell house, um, which are haunted attractions typically run by Evangelion Protestant churches um, that depict real-life situations in which uh, pretty much you're being damned to hell, um, so, <laughs> which I think is pretty crazy. But it's including, but not limited to, same-sex marriage, abortion, extram- extramarital sex, and raving. Um, the use of alcoholic beverages and drugs and teen suicide is all stuff and themes. The theme of it is usually seven deadly sins. Um, the House typically emphasizes the belief that those who do not repent of their sins choose to follow Christ are condemned to hell. Those sound scary as shit and I would actually like to try one because I feel like that would be pretty scary out of everything that I would ever go into that it sounds like the scariest thing to watch. I don't want to see that. But, you know, it's just a different type of um, haunted house that you can find all over America. Um, the next one we have are Dark Rides, which are like, um, or Ghost Trains. Um, not very many of these are around, but it's usually uh, commonly like like animatronics, sound, music, special effects, all those fun stuff. Um, kind of like, uh, think of like It's a Small World, but a lot darker. Um, the Twilight... Uh, Tower of Terror was actually one of the dark rides. It's a scary one that has things that move. Um and pretty much uh the other one would be, I believe it would be um the one in uh Hollywood. The Revenge of the Mummy. There you go. I had to really had to really think that one up. <laughs> Cause I totally blanked out about that one. Um after that we have Corn mazes, which I have never been through a corn maze. But after seeing scary movies to tell in the dark, I am petrified of corn mazes. I also hear that there's a new Netflix show. Um, I don't remember what it's called, but it's by Stephen King and it involves a corn maze. And I'm ready for that. I'm so ready for that shit. I gotta watch it. So anyway, so we have corn mazes and haunted corn mazes, which uses, um, Corn maze is just a regular one. You just go through the maze. It's usually during the day. It's appropriate for all ages. Um, the largest known corn maze in the world at this very moment is located in Dixon, California. Give it up to all my California blokes. Um, this one is actually 45 acres in in an area, which is fucking awesome. Um, it's the world's largest uh, corn maze. And I believe... I believe. I'm not sure. Um, There is another one. Another corn maze in Bellbrook, Ohio. And it consists of 62 anchors of the corn maze. maze. I think that one actually beat it, but I'm not sure. I think it was 62 or it was 42. I don't know. I will probably look it up and then post it on Twitter later. (laughs) Um, Next we have haunted corn mazes, which brings me back to if you've ever seen Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark that corn maze scene scared the living bejeebers out of me i'll tell you that right now it was pretty scary but that's pretty much the gist of it you have um scary music special effects props you know those usually take place at night um (laughs) then you have your special home haunts which are attractions that are built by people you know, you have your yard haunt, which is like the same thing. You know, these all take place that people make on their own. Usually goes towards charity or some kind of cause. Um, it's usually open for a couple hours on Halloween and a couple hour, like weekends in October. Um, they actually do not require state-issued emergency lighting and fire alarms or fire escapes if the haunt is under a specific um, length. So that's actually pretty good. Um, my mom's personal favorite, she does yard haunts or yard displays, which my mom would make her own, um, she'd make her own props. Uh, my stepdad would make her lovely little uh, gravestones. One time we had an alien themed crash landing in front of our yard. It was my favorite. I loved it. It was great. Um, but uh, finally, one of the last, we're getting towards the, the end of the list. It's. I know it's a lot guys, but bear with me. Um, we have the Ghost Run. There was actually a Pokemon themed Ghost Run named the Shuppet Run. Shepard ride in a haunted event that uh, was taking place on a roller coaster. Um, that one was pretty interesting. So we had all these like characters who involved like spooky stuff. So that was actually pretty cool. Um, then we have like midnight spook shows or ghost shows. Which include like uh, you know shows like uh, kind of like spiritualism and stuff like that um, theaters and Halloween theaters and stuff like that. Um, then we have my one that I hate the most, which are the extreme haunted houses where people literally have to sign a waiver to go into these houses. Um, the most extreme haunted houses inf- include mild torture, included simulated drowning, simulated assault and electric like light electric shot, not too hard. Um, Tennessee's McKinley Manor um, requires both an application process and a waiver. Unlike most of its rivals, there's no safe word until 2017. So they just barely put a fucking safe word. Um, The tour, which is free, can take up to four hours to complete. In that time guests have been tied up, gagged and forced into coffins and freezers. Had their head pushed into a cage full of fucking snakes. What the fuck guys? Why would you do this to yourself? Um, It has probably been um, people have been known to leave with scratches and bruises all over their body Uh, another one is actually blackout which has its own los angeles version chicago miami and new york which have been rated as some of the most extreme haunted houses in the world um that one you actually have to do by yourself you cannot do it with anyone you do it alone which is also another thing that i'm like totally freaked out like you don't even get a buddy system or anything it's just you by yourself in a fucking torture chamber um (laughs) which I mean those are just some of the very like kind of over the top ones so I'm not down to do those um anyways um those are just some different types of Halloween haunts um in my opinion I think that they are pretty scary um I love haunted houses i love ghosts i love the spooky stuff i mean i like all these crazy you know really crazy facing your fears kind of thing um it does give me a lot of courage which i'm telling you right now i'm a big coward but you know what? i love being scared you know um i was actually reading this article um it's called there are the name of the article is uh There are five types of haunted house visitors. Which one are you? So the first haunted house visitor victim, victim, because you guys are getting scared out of your goddamn brains. um, You have the brave one. Um, His special method is called the double attack. And I'm I'm gonna quote what he says. So to quote this, he said, the actors can see these people coming, so they're ready to jump up, jump out with a startled scare. Um, says Peyton. Even if the customer doesn't respond to the first scare, they've let their guard down and the next guy is already ready to jump out. They'll think, I'm good to go. A few seconds later, you jump out again, just as they're leaving the room. That tends to be fairly you know, effective, which I thought was just hilarious because he was just like, yeah, it works. It works, trust me, I know this. Um, The next one is the offender. Um, The other offender is the person who's pushing their screaming girlfriend or boyfriend forward in front of them. Um, Pretty much we call this the offering (laughs) which I thought was pretty cool because like I'm probably the person that did that to my mom during horror nights I was like go woman go forth go and deal with it Um, then you have the fifth wheel Um, we tell the actors to vary their diet sometimes go for the front sometimes go for the middle and sometimes go for the very end we want to catch that fifth wheel so that's pretty much the person who's you know in the back by themselves the one who's alone which is most likely gonna not be me because i am a group person i will be clinging to you i don't care um next if you really want to recharge batteries you go for the screamer which is the people that are jumping yelling cursing um you know like terrify people those are the best people to scare you know um scaring someone obviously is fun i love doing it i think it's great um the next one and final one they said is actually called the expert Um, That will walk through with a totally different type of eye. They're more interested in the theme and the props. And what the actors are doing. You know sometimes they're not even really paying attention. I would say that is probably my mom. Because she was really eating up those props. She just loved them. It was great. (laughs) Um, So talk amongst your friends. Which one are you from those five? I definitely think I'm like the sacrifice. And I will be like just go. Just take me. I'm scared. I love being scared. Um, (laughs) So guys. Those are just a couple of little haunted haunts. Stuff. Um, if you guys haven't checked out any like haunted mazes this, mazes this year, I recommend you guys do that. You will love them. I love them. Um, let us know what your favorite like haunted attractions are. My personal favorite, I really love Disneyland as much as like the next person. I love the haunted mansion. It's actually one of my favorite rides there. As you can tell, I'm pretty creepy. Um, so Guys, just uh, go ahead and send us like a message or comment on one of our statuses about which scary haunted maze and haunted uh, attraction you guys think is the scariest and whether or not you'll do that blackout challenge, which I'm definitely not able to. Also, don't forget to leave us a wonder rev- wonderful review on iTunes and Spotify. We really appreciate it. It's because of you that this podcast keeps keeps on going because if not i would have given up a long time ago and just handed myself over to my demon boyfriend um (laughs) but i stay for you guys um so just keep yourself tuned in for any more updates like i said leave us a review follow us on instagram and twitter we also have a facebook group and remember just keep on staying spooky bye